Our first reading for this transfiguration celebration comes from Exodus chapter 24. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the 70 elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. And then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandment, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God, and he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. Behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain, And the glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain forty days and forty nights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We write. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him, And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Lord to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from the Gospel reading, Matthew chapter 17. Here again these words. And after six days Jesus took with him Peter and James and John his brother and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. Imagine for a minute a mountaintop experience that you've had. Didn't have to be on a mountain. Maybe it was an event that you went to. I remember several national youth gatherings 
that I attended, and they were mountaintop experiences. And I have to admit, I just came back from a month vacation in Florida, and it wasn't a mountain, but it was a beach, and it was a mountaintop experience. But whatever the experience, a time comes when we have to go back into our everyday lives. But we go back different, refreshed, and ready to go on with the tasks before us. The disciples and Jesus had such a mountaintop experience. We call the event the Transfiguration. Jesus and his disciples went to a secluded place on a high mountain. We don't know the exact location, but they were all alone. And Jesus had taken with him Peter and James and John, the kind of unofficial leaders of the disciples, and they would report back to the others what they were to experience. And according to Jewish law, two or three witnesses, if they agreed on a story, that made it fact. So there would be three witnesses to this event. Suddenly a miraculous event occurs, and Jesus is changed. He is transfigured before them. His body changes. It's no longer an earthly sight. Our text says his face shone like the sun. Mark says his clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And Luke says his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. It was no earthly sight. It was supernatural. Something supernatural was going on. And then... Elijah and Moses appear with Jesus, even though they had long left the earth. And they have glorious bodies also. And they walk and they talk with Jesus. Why Elijah and Moses? Well, Elijah was that great Old Testament prophet. He was a prophet at a time when there were only 7,000 who had remained faithful in all of Israel. Most were unfaithful to God. And a similar condition existed in Jesus' day. Many were unfaithful to God. And Moses, the great representative of the law, the one given the Ten Commandments by God, and he had, as we heard in the Old Testament lesson, a mountaintop experience with God also on Mount Sinai. Both the law and the prophets point to Jesus, the law showing sin, the prophets telling of God's plan to save humanity from their sin. This glorious sight, this transfiguration, there were reactions to it. Peter, and you can imagine Peter, the one always the first to speak, speaking on behalf of James and John also, says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He's speaking out of amazement and fear, but he wants to stay on the mountain. And then there's another reaction to the transfiguration. A voice from the cloud says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. God the Father identifies this Jesus as his son. And he tells Jesus' followers to listen to him.
And then suddenly, only Jesus and Peter and James and John are left on the mount. The disciples would react to the transfiguration, and they would record that. Peter, in his second epistle, said, We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. And John, in his gospel, said, We beheld his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father. They had beheld the glory of God. Their faith, as a result, was strengthened. And a good thing, too, because very soon, in the days ahead, their faith would be severely tested. They would witness the betrayal of Jesus by one of their own. They would see him arrested and tried. They would see him die on a cross, even though he had not committed any crime or sin. And even they would be persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. But they would know that their faith was not in vain. They had seen his glory on the mountain. They had heard the testimony of the Father. They had seen the witness of Elijah and Moses. They knew that this was the promised Savior. And then they would carry out the mission that Jesus gave to them, to tell the whole world of the need for a Savior, to speak to the whole world of sin, For all had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, even you and me. And then they would proclaim the great good news that the Savior Jesus had died to pay for the sins of all people. They did not stay on the mountain. But with renewed energy and renewed commitment, they came down from the mountain to continue the work that God had given them to do, to spread the good news of God's love and forgiveness, gifts that he gives by faith in Jesus. And the transfiguration can be that way for us also. Maybe you came this evening, you heard Pastor Walter mention a couple of times the festival of the transfiguration. You thought, so what's this? I didn't sleep through Christmas or Easter. What's this about? It really is about us seeing the glory of God and our faith being strengthened. The transfiguration gives us a whole different perspective, a mountaintop experience. And as the season of Lent begins this Wednesday, it provides an excellent opportunity for our lives to even see again from a different perspective the love of God in Jesus. Extra opportunities for worship and emphasis on reading and hearing God's word and speaking our cares and concerns to him in prayer. It may seem at times that we're in the midst of a storm. Sometimes our lives get that way. They're stormy and difficult. But it's really just a matter of perspective. If you've ever taken a a trip on an airplane on a cloudy, rainy day, then you can relate. You take off in the rain, and it's bumpy. Sometimes you shake around a little bit. You climb up into the clouds, and it grows dark and even bumpier. But then you break through the clouds, and the sun is shining. 
bright and beautiful, blue skies overhead. The air is smooth. The ride and the view are magnificent. It's just a different perspective. Even in the midst of our troubles, God is still present in our lives, still caring for us, still loving us, still doing what is best for us, transforming and transfiguring the difficulties we face into the things that will strengthen us and bless us. So that like Peter and James and John, who took strength that God had given them back to the other disciples, we come down from the mountain also, and our faith equips us to meet the challenges of the day, the difficulties of our lives, with the power and the strength that God gives to us. So then we can be a source of strength and help for those in need. Just as the disciples came down from the mountain, so we too leave this place better prepared and better equipped for the difficulties of our lives and motivated to share the love of God in Jesus with all those around us in their needs. Amen.